Hello and welcome to Actuarial People with myself, James Turner. I'm excited to be launching a brand new podcast where each week I'll be speaking with the UK actuary. My aim is to give you, the listener, greater insight into the people behind the profession and their personal career journeys. So we'll cover things like why and how they became an actuary, what they do on a day-to-day basis, how they balance work and study with life, any specialisms they've developed, and how their role has evolved over time. So whether you're an actuary yourself, or you're aspiring to become one in the future, welcome and enjoy. Welcome to Actuarial People, Eric Snarthorst. Thanks, James. Thanks for having me. I messed up your name. I'm really sorry. <laughs> That's not <laughs> what we agreed on. <laughs> That's fine. You can, you can, every, everything is close enough. I'll take it. Absolutely. <laughs> How are you? <laughs> yeah, very good. Thank you. Very good. Yeah, it's been, uh, it's, it's, this is for us the busiest time of year. So it's a, it's a welcome break from doing um or everything applications which is good yeah well thank you so much for 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 coming on the show um i i wondered if we could just start by giving everyone an overview of who you are and what you do and then we'll uh we'll get to what we want to talk about which is everything related to early careers absolutely so yeah so my name is eric snathorst i have uh, i work for barnett wallingham as early careers uh, manager um i've been with barnett wallingham for four years um in the uk for 10 years so i'm originally from the netherlands um i'm a father of two um live in bristol and absolutely love the city um so yeah really 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 happy uh, um at barnett waddingham four years often i get asked not why i've moved to barnett waddingham but why i've stayed at barnett waddingham and i just think yeah. it's a great firm to work for and really passionate about that as well and what we do and um so yeah that's me so a bit about my background so uh, i always start with i'm a recruiter through and through um i went went to uni in the past um as i wanted to be a teacher came very close but it wasn't for me um started working in recruitment and the rest is history so uh, moved to the uk um 10 years ago um started working in uh, finance recruitment and then kind of transitioned into specifically actuarial recruitment. I've never heard what an actuary does. It was the first time I've heard of it. Yeah. Um, and this is five, six years ago now, uh, a, a, a bit longer than that, actually, eight, eight years ago, where I really started to work uh, on, on, on the actuarial side. So looking at uh, predominantly insurance at that point. Um, so worked for a kind of specialist recruitment agency um looking at all actuarial type of roles and yeah i've just been kind of stuck with it since um <laughs> and then four years ago um started young family uh wanted to kind of do something slightly different and moved in-house uh with with barnett waddingham and have there have been there ever since and, and absolutely loving it yeah well that's how we 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 sort of crossed paths and got to know each other sitting on uh the same conference calls being briefed that's on right of hiring managers um, yeah yeah positions <laughs> good old days <laughs> yeah absolutely look at us now it's it's been I was thinking earlier about kind of when we when we kind of started interacting and I think it was indeed that kind of briefing calls yeah. uh, at insurance firms and it kind of a, uh, see who can find the best person as quick as possible and uh and because it's such a kind of a niche space, I think everybody knows knows everyone. So it's been it's nice now to sit here with you and talking actuarial um, our ex- experience in that and 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 what we do in in, in that space. Yeah, and it, it really was calls in those days. There were no videos. It was dial on, say your name after the beep, listen to your yeah. name, be yeah, discussed right. about how you sound, all of that stuff. <laughs> <and> then... <laughs> yeah, yeah, completely different than, than the world that we live in now. Which is uh, yeah, it's always funny to think think back how that was, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. Well, um, well, thanks so so much, and um, and for that excellent introduction, it it saves me a, a few questions. Don't need to ask how you know that actuaries exist um, this time round. So obviously, you you specialise in early careers, and and the reason for this special episode is to give a bit of help to people who are not yet an actuary. They might be at university. They could be even further back, taking A levels, and and thinking about that as a career path. And I just want to give them a bit more of an idea of what they can do to successfully become an actuary get into the profession, get experience and and so on. Um, before we go 
too far into that, I wondered if you could just start by giving a bit of a, give us an idea of what your job looks like. Because when you think about graduates, you think about September, when you think about summer internships, obviously a few months over the summer, you've got 12 month options. But what does your year look like? Because I imagine there is never a time when you're not busy. It's, um, th- this is the busy time of year. It's, it's starts from August, Christmas, okay. where application windows open and then close for us um, kind of around this time where we have assessment days in November, December. And that's um, a cycle for the 2024 intake, which seems incredible that you kind of recruit uh, nine months before individuals start. But I think because of the process and um, the, 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 the volume of applications receiving for these type of roles, um, yeah, it's just, just it's just very very good to start early, and also I suppose from a from a candidate perspective, in, in individuals who are interested in actuarial work, um, perhaps they know that for quite some time or have heard of actuarial work, so it's quite focused and niche. So I suppose getting started sooner is 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 is, is advisable. I mean, my role here. So um, as I said, I've been here for four years. Um, came in as a uh, advisor um, looking at kind of the graduate role that we had here, graduate roles, um, and kind of since progressed in terms of looking after all early careers. So now not just looking at graduates, but also looking at um, kind of apprentices, uh, work experience, summit interns, and, and graduates. And this is across all business areas, so not just actuarial uh, and, and the investment space, but it's, it's across all, uh, all, all, all roles and business areas. We, we have around 125 people intake each year across all those different um, uh, um, spaces. So, yeah, yeah it's, it's, it's busy. Uh, there's lots going on, lots of conversations, and we're just trying to make sure that we give the best candidate experience uh, to everybody who applies. Um, so, yeah, that's 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 in the calendar year. As I said, this is the busy time of year, the first assessment days starting next week, and this doesn't stop until December. So it's yeah. up and down the country, visiting all the different offices, working with, you know, the, the different teams, which is amazing. I really like working with the team, but also meeting all these people who have gone through this process and um, come to the final stage. And it's always fantastic to meet people face to face as well. Yeah. So if we take those four four areas, work experience, apprentices, internships, then graduates, do you have people in all four across your actuarial areas? or No, it, within within the actuarial space, we predominantly have interns, which is a summer internship program, so an eight-week summer placement uh, running from July to the end of August. And then we have graduates. We have explored apprentices, and we will keep re- revisiting that if that's something that we want to do but at this this moment in time it's not right for us so it's really that yeah. kind of summit internship and um um yeah graduate population we, we do host yearly a an annual webinar which essentially is an introduction to the actuarial profession and this is open for everybody who's interested so we we send it out to lots of schools that we we have connections with just to give individuals insight into what the work is and um yeah, where where you can get to, if you if you like your 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 maths, uh, that's yeah. that's probably really important to mention as well because it's really important for the role. Yeah, it's it's great to hear that because I I mean one of the reasons I started the podcast was I think there's it's very hard online to find out what it's all about, what the job yeah. is, what careers yeah. look like. So yeah, you doing that and giving open it up to everyone if you haven't already and you're listening to this, go and go and seek it out. I've seen you post about it on LinkedIn, so it's you can yeah. find it and. Uh, is yeah, the recording absolutely. out there somewhere? Or... It, it isn't. I mean, it, it is external, but you need to have the link to send this. If anybody's sure. listening to this and is keen to 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 get an under, an, a, a copy or the links, just drop me a line on LinkedIn and I'll send you the recording. And it's just, it gives you, um, so there's five recordings. One of them is about what we do as a, as a business. Then there's a bit about kind of actuarial consulting, what they do. Um, let's talk about investment consulting, what they do, um, insurance and longevity. Uh, the employer consulting to the corporate side, uh, what they do. So it's just a really comprehensive, like um, half an hour sessions of the different areas um, where the actuaries work. And yeah. I think it just gives some kind of really practical um, kind of examples of the work that we do. And I think this it kind of started. We so we had we initially started with this um, in the office. So we had 
one office in, in the London office, we had a few kids coming doing some interactive um, work about actuaries, but COVID kind of threw, um, you know, that through everything um, changed. So we, we moved it online and um, for the first um, year we done it, that was the COVID year, we had a thousand people registered their interest. Wow. <laughs> And it's just unbelievable. Um, so last year, so we just didn't, didn't did the one in October. Uh, we had 600 people who registered for the webinar, um, probably around 200, 250 on the line. And it's just great to share that experience. Yeah. Talk a bit about what we do, but, but more and more so talk to them about, um, yeah, what, what the actuary profession is and, and what you can achieve with that. Sounds really good. Yeah, definitely recommend it if um, if anyone wants to, to to get in touch. So internships and graduate roles. One of the things that I'm curious about, I'm someone who I graduated and then went back to my holiday job on the checkouts at ASDA and tried to figure out what I wanted to do. That isn't advisable. You need to start thinking much earlier around how you're going to get experience. Um, how, how early should people start thinking about applying and, and what do those windows look like? Hi guys, we'll get straight back to the conversation in a second. Just a quick reminder that when I'm not recording podcasts, I specialise in helping pensions actuaries with their career moves, and I'd love to help you when the time comes to explore your options. I work with people at all levels, whether you have a couple of years experience through to senior positions. My approach is different to most recruiters. I started my own business last year and work alone, which means I have zero pressure to hit targets and can just focus on giving the best possible help and advice. So whether you're thinking of making a move now or would just like to understand your options for the future, please get in touch via LinkedIn or email james at turnerperkins.com. Back to the show. As, as early as possible, really, in the sense that, you know, if you want to get into a very competitive program, you want to be looking at it from July to the, for, for the following year. So as as mentioned, you know, we are currently recruiting for our 2024 intake. We start with that talking about it in July, August this year. Yeah. Uh, so you know you have to start early. And one of the, the the really encouraging things, challenging for us as a as an in-house recruitment team, encouraging generally is that this is the first year that we had more summit interns applying for our summit internship program than we have we've had graduates applying yeah. and the reason that's really good is the fact that universities are also pushing this more you know try to get yourself a summit internship get yourself out there get yourself in line to get one of these positions because it, it's just a really good way of exploring if the profession if if this is really what you want to do so you know any any kind of penultimate year um second or third year depend on the course um you know start looking early get get in there read out on what what it is and start applying because ultimately it's also getting more competitive and we've definitely seen that um from our 2023 intake that we had we had make so many more offers than we ever had to do to get the quota to fill the quota because there's just a lot more firms thinking about this yeah. and thinking about it early. So, um, yeah, it's, it's been incredible. The amount has been overwhelming. Um, but, yeah, soon, quick. If, if this is what you want to go and do, July for the following year intake, that's what you have to have to look at. Yeah, and that's that's for summer intern, so people... That... Exactly the same. Yeah, yeah, we run we run the programme, um, the, the, the assessment, the application window, and then the assessment day, exactly the same. The day is exactly the same. And there's no, there's no difference. It's, it's, it's completely the same. So yeah, definitely get on that if that's something that you're interested in. Um, you have to, you have to be with it really early. But then ultimately, you know, if you're in your first year, uh, there isn't necessarily an awful lot kind of work experience exposure um, for first year students. Perhaps the big firms. I know some, some of our, the big four, uh, the big three in, in pensions. They have some um, kind of insight days for first year university students um but even things as webinars you know getting yourself into that space and mentioning that on your cv and showing that you've been attending these things are incredibly value so um certainly if you're even if you're a first year student you know get on get on this as soon as possible and so what does the process look like we'll come on to what you look for in cvs and that kind of thing but if somebody is applying for a role they go on their computer, they fill out forms, attach CVs and, and do their bit, and then they press send, and then they're sitting and waiting. What happens behind the scenes? What happens at your end 
at that point. So how many how many applications do you want to have a guess, James, for 2024 intake across all summer interns and all graduate positions? Have you ever guessed how many applications do you reckon we get? <sighs> I don't know. I don't know how many graduates there are. I'm going to say a thousand. Higher. Higher? Three thousand? Um, in the middle. Two. Yeah, two thousand. This is a CVs. Just CVs. Well, just CVs. <laughs> like, where do you start with that? Where do, where do you start? We have um, across all offices, we have 50, 55 positions. Uh, some of these have been filled by previous summer students from the year before. Mm-hmm. So, you know, that say that's another 15 filled from, from the off. So you've got 35 positions, 40 positions available. 2,000 applications. CVs. I mean, it's brutal. It's brutal. And, um, you know, we, we can take one thing off, eligibility criteria or whatever. We can take one thing off, but a knock-on effect that could have on application numbers, again, just goes up. So we just need to really manage those numbers and making sure that we, we do the right thing. So so with us, and I'm sure this is kind of industry-wide um, things that happen, Often there's a there's a there's kind of a testing phase in there, so uh, we have a kind of cognitive test um, that you have to complete, um, where you get 50 questions, try to answer them as as, as quick as possible. You've got 10 minutes, and then you get a percentile score. Um, yeah. Does everyone do that, or you've already done a bit of filtering? No, so so we we look at eligibility first. So they hit the criteria. So you need to go to uni- university. We have want ideally two one, two one or higher, and then an A and A level maths because we have found that there is something with the A level maths and then passing the actuarial exams because they're so hard to mm. go through. And again, there's no eligibility criteria from the faculty, so they are open. Take. That you don't doesn't need to be. Yeah. I think if we remove one thing there, that could explode another thousand CVs just on top of that. So yeah. again, it's just that kind of managing the volumes and managing internal processes and how we're going to get to do it. So um, so yeah, we we start with testing. Um, then we, we we currently have an application form, which um, is changing. With all the AI technology and and ChatGPT, um, we we are gonna looking to change that for for next year because it's a form about um, you know why actuarial, um, why born at Waddingham, what do you know about us? Have you seen any suspiciously well written applications then? It's yeah, it's very difficult. Uh, yeah, yes, you, you do you do see them, but again, it's very difficult to, to actually prove that. So you, you yeah. don't really make a note of it or something like that, but. Um, yeah, so there's, there's five questions that we ask um, these individuals to do. So we, the testing, if you don't pass the testing, which again is, is pretty brutal, which is that the right way? I don't know. Um, but if you've got sort of 30, 40 jobs and you've got 2,000, I was trying to do the maths, I need an actuary, but that's got to be <laughs> up against, what is it, one in 80 or something? Exactly, something exactly, like exactly. So again, it's it's so incredibly competitive. Yeah that there needs to be a way of going through that. So, so yeah, testing application form. So we score the application form. Um, and then, um, yeah, we have a telephone interview. And I think lots of firms moving away from the telephone interview because of the resource and the, the kind of the, the time it takes hmm. to organize this. Um, I'm not saying we will always keep doing this, but I feel very strongly, I'm very passionate about um, speaking to people over the phone and exploring their motivations. So, um, yeah, we have a certain percentage of those who pass the application form stage that we invite to a call. And it's it's quite casual. It's quite kind of, you know, introductions. How does the person introduce themselves? I introduce myself. We talk a bit about, you know, why why, why born at Waddingham? Um, I want to know what they know about pensions. Um, it's always an interesting question. I always ask, I don't have to have any details. I don't need anything very specific. Anything you can talk to me about pensions will do. And I get answers. And there's, there's no necessarily right or wrong, which is an interesting point where where how, what people have done and what people have uh, prepared for, for a call like that. 
so we explore that a bit. We talk about the exams. Um, I'm always happy to hear that individuals don't think you you become an actuary overnight. You know, it's quite a lot of work that needs to needs to be going into that. Um, and then we talk a bit about why consultancy opposed to insurance. Um, so we talk a bit about that consulting aspect of the role. Uh, and then there's an opportunity for them to ask me questions. And I, I just, there's so much value. And I think everybody who we hired um, in the last four years that I've been involved when, when we started doing these conversations um, have really appreciated that kind of personal touch. And yes, it's a lot, it's a lot like, you know, um, it's two, three weeks of back-to-back half-an-hour chats, not just me, but my team as well. So, yeah. you know, we are really, really speaking, but it's also a brilliant way to talk to people. And, and if we can, we, we give feedback straight away on on the call and say, you know, this was re- really, really, really positive. You know, perhaps in a, in a different call, you want to talk a bit more about this, which again, hopefully that would be really valuable to the individual that we talk to when they go into more of these conversations um, to give that instant feedback. Um, so that's kind of the telephone interview stage. Yeah. And then we have scoring on the testing, scoring on the application form, scoring on the tele- telephone interview. And then with the business, uh, we, we make a decision how many we invite uh, or who, who we invite uh, for the assessment day itself. It's, it's, it's one of those where it sounds, some of, some of it can sound quite, as you put it, brutal, quite harsh, but it's not, it's just necessary because of the challenge in front of you, getting so many, so many applicants, you want to treat everybody equally in the right way, but um, you've got to make... And I wish, I wish we could speak to more people. I wish we could have more, um, you know, have those conversations because they're valuable, but it's just impossible. You know, it's really, really difficult. So um, yeah, it's, 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 it's brutal. So, you know, making sure that you prepare, um, practice a lot of this, stuff application forms testing if that's if that's at least if that's if that's somewhere we if we send them the test we send them a link to the platform they can see what kind of questions they're getting testing it writing things out um and 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 advice on those kind of things or just make it make it relevant now yeah. if you start writing about i want to work for a global consultancy yeah, you you perhaps have applied for for the wrong firm, or you potentially copy pasted something from a different application to this, or you want to be based in our Dubai office, and I've seen all sorts. Which again, like you know, I'd like to talk to people and tell them that, and and give them that personal feedback. But again, it's just because of the volumes we're talking about, it's it's impossible. It's really yeah. impossible. So you know, advice on that is, um, you know, link things back to. Uh, what's happening now so let's we, we post an awful lot every business posts a lot on linkedin nowadays you know read something that you've seen there link it back on the application form that that's the reason why you want to get into something um something that you have listened to a webinar you've listened to a podcast you know this is why i'm passionate about this subject you know those are things just generally do really well uh because you make it specific to the company you apply to yeah um so I think certainly with the application form, but again, you know, ChatGPT and however that's going to be evolving, kind of going forward, um, it, that is going to we're going to need to think about changing that because, you know, writing is such a important part of the role as well, and you can't just keep using ChatGPT for that. So we want to, yeah, we want we need to look at ways of 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 of, of doing it differently next yeah. year. What what about CVs themselves? Obviously, you've you've given a good few pointers in terms of get on there things that support your interest that is generally what you what you want to do but are you are you looking obviously most people will have good grades they'll be on you know mathematical degree but they might think well how am I going to separate myself on a CV from the other thousand people that are applying for the same companies what what works well on a CV do you think I think I think details a level results important because that's what eventually what we ask um what kind of modules you've done at uni. If you don't have a lot of work experience, but you've done a lot of that, um, you know, you want to put details on there. Any work experience, I often hear you have to have actuarial work experience to become an actuary. Absolutely not. Absolutely not. Just any work experience, anything you've done, it doesn't have to be kind of a page, even if it's something that you've done at university that has really helped you with, with this. These kind of things are very valuable on a CV, there's a wider conversation around, you know, is a CV kind of the way that we should look at people? Mm. Um, I think that's a big conversation that, you know, I'm, I'm 
I know in the early careers community, that's a big question, uh, looking at the different biases that you invite with everything in this process. Yeah. Um, but I think you know, if, if you're asking specifically about CVs, you know, I think I think just just the details are important, um, and and the structured way it's been asked for. And if there's on the CV, generally around, um, you know, they want CX, you want to see that, or want to see a certain programming language is really important. You want to try to get that out there. You want to get it early. Don't not, not on the bottom and saying like, you know, I've got some software skills. And you want to get it early, but it depends a little bit on the type of role and the type of business that you're applying to. Yeah. So. Um, for CVs need to be flexible. You need to move things around. You need to be able to to, um, to 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 make it applicable to the role that you're applying to, even in kind of early careers, undergraduate positions, internships, graduate. But everybody can think about, even if it's not a paid job, put something on the CV. Um, I what I see nowadays is quite a bit is uh, positions of responsibility. So instead of a work experience, positions of responsibility. I I quite like that. As well, obviously, Bunawadum is a consultancy, so there's not just the technical aspect. You're going into a career where you're expected to consult, meet clients, explain technical things in a yeah. to non-technical audiences, and so on. At what stage in the process are you looking for that potential to be a consultant? Does that come out in the application form and bits like that, or is that more what the assessment center would be for? I think I think it comes out. It it can come out on the application form. Uh, CV, you know, if there's a so individuals who are uh, online tutors to math students or to mm-hmm. A level students, you know, that's that's essentially consultant. What consultant does, yeah, simplified, yeah. breaking down complex information to to kids. Like that's where it starts, right? So, you know, that's where you can kind of show that you have those 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 experiences. So, um, application form, you sometimes see individuals mentioning things around that. Um, but certainly, telephone interview—you can, you can just, you can just get a feel for someone, how someone prepares, how someone talks, how the the introduction about who they are, the background, educational background. Um, we ask specifically about what kind of skills they bring, they have to to be suitable for a consulting firm, yeah. and then we talk about kind of the, the communication side. The technical side because you know at the end of the day that's really important not just to be able to communicate but also just to understand the numbers yeah. and then that combination of breaking it down and then in the assessment days is often where um certainly kind of if you think about the, the amount of candidates that you get coming in for these applications you know you hope that if the final eight that you see or the final however you see um that you've tackled most of that some of that um, but that's where you really kind of engage them and they engage with the business and the assessment days I, I think is, is fast I've been doing this for four years and I absolutely love going to an assessment day working with the business working with these people um, supporting it's it's a brilliant way of, of introducing us so um, yeah it's 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 a, it's a great day so I can do you want me to talk a bit about that as well yeah that- I mean maybe, maybe don't um say what you're comfortable with you don't want to give away everything mm-hmm. you know they could listen to this and then be more prepared than ever before but um, maybe maybe that's what you want i don't know but uh, yeah tell I, us about I, I do i do actually because yeah. we always offer to say you know if you want to talk to us about the assessment day coming up in the invite to the assessment day let us know we're happy to talk to you about it because we're not we're not there to ask them trick questions we're not there to see them fail we don't we're not there we don't want to see we want them to be prepared as much as possible for them to do a fantastic job that's what we want them to do. Selfishly, for me, I want to make sure that the people attending the day are prepared and that they, you know, that they have a really good prepared. That we've done our job to final come to the final few individuals. But yeah, yeah. Um, preparation is the key, I, I suppose. You know, assessment day generally, and again, there's lots of of of, of things that we do. Our question is that the the best thing to do. Thinking about everything kind of the E&I and kind of the biases that you invite. So, you know, we're constantly looking to review things and to kind of make tweaks and changes. Uh, but we do an interview, which is standard. So uh, kind of an interview, do a technical case study, okay. um, which is a an actuarial investment case study, which, um, you know, I always say this is the, the best part of the day because, you know, you get sent it in advance complete it in advance you sent it back and basically it's the job and talk with two people who understand it about that so that's really really interesting and often individuals come away from that and say 
this is amazing. I really want to do this as a job. This is sounds so, so, so this is something I really want to go do. So that's really good. Presentation um, as a consultant, there's, there's nothing, nothing but good presentation. Um, and there's a written task. Again, that's that kind of written element in, in the role. And then the group task. Um, again, is that the right way? Question mark. Do we need to make changes in the whole day? Possibly. But again, it kind of the different components of working in a consultancy come out there. So it's the technical, it's the writing, it's the communication skills. Yeah. Um, so it's those kind of components that you can expect. And uh, preparation, preparation, preparation. And don't expect on your first assessment day to get it because likely is that you won't because it's, it takes time for you to to master this or to do well in this because it's it's a very stressful day um, you know for, for these individuals coming in I completely appreciate that uh, the preparation is there we give them lots of advice on how to prepare you know news articles um, look at our values around um, you know what, what kind of type of questions could we be asking so you know I give them we give them some 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 stuff to think about um, so yeah so it's 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 just that kind of the, the vibe in the office and I know everybody in the business who was involved in these days really enjoys it as well because it's just that whole positive vibe of of, of talking about uh, what, what great firm we are. I'm just going to jump into because I, I, I put a post on LinkedIn and I asked people if they had any questions. Um, I sent most of these across to you in advance so I'm just going to go in the order they they came in. So the, mm-hmm. the first one is from well actually you've, you've touched on this but the first one is from Thomas who said do I need to have experience in the finance industry, particularly as a mathematical physics student, in order to land an actuarial graduate role? I'm worried my lack of experience will make it very difficult for me to do so. Uh, absolutely not. Absolutely not. I, th- I think any experience helps you with the w- with go- coming into the workplace. And of course, if you do an actuarial placement somewhere, the w- internship, it's more for you because you understand the work and you actually know you're going to enjoy it. But even if it's kind of a data data analyst internship and anything that you can do, even if it's not an internship, even if it's working in a cafe, because you might not develop your technical skills, but what you do develop is those communication skills and problem yeah. solving and, you know, um, being agile and, and, and talking to people. So again, it doesn't matter what you do um, as long as you kind of, yeah, show that you have been looking for opportunities to develop yourself yeah that's a good point about working in a in a, in a cafe because when i think about it i think most people are going to be naturally very good at maths some might be lucky enough to be good interpersonally as well yeah. others yeah. might not but anything you can do before you graduate to just chuck yourself in an environment you've not been in before yeah, um, absolutely meet some different absolutely. people and so on and family businesses absolutely absolutely fine you know all the responsibilities mm-hmm. you get there like it doesn't matter as long as you just you know can can articulate what you've done and why you think the skills that you've learned could help you with the professional workplace yeah. if you come to the kind of interview stage or if it's a telephone interview or in, in-person interview um you know articulating why you think the skills that you've learned are useful for the role that you're you're applying to Fantastic. So um, Alyssa, she was asking generally around the challenges in finding a role if you require visa sponsorship. Um, and I think somebody else mentioned mentioned this as well. So my understanding is if you study in the UK, you might get what used to be called, I don't know if it still is, a post-study work visa where the first two years you can, you can work without sponsorship, but then you'll need it down the line. And then some yeah. people obviously might not even, even have that. So how, how does that affect things does that make it more challenging it must be incredibly hard and i think thanks to brexit it made it hard for even more people uh, it's, it's really really tough um so the, the the student visa is when they when they study and when they complete their studies they can apply for a graduate visa which is the one that you're kind of talking to talking about mm-hmm. and then to that two years down the line they need to get sponsored through a skilled worker visa so i suppose some employers are um basically saying we're not doing any um visa sponsorship so we don't have anybody we can't take anybody on on a graduate visa uh, we do um so it, it's the same process for everybody else it's just it, it's it's just finding i don't understanding if the employer that you're applying to is open to um uh, visa sponsorship and being upfront with it because the worst thing you can do is going through the whole process and then at the end turn around and say hang on i've got a visa sponsorship and that that's it's just it's just I understand because it's it must be so hard. Like, don't get me wrong, I'm, I get it, but 
um, you know, I think everybody would want you to be open about that from the start. Yeah. And also, you put so much time and effort in potentially in the process for potentially not to work out. But I, I, I would imagine lots of firms will ask these questions, proactively ask this question for you to declare it. But again, it must be really hard. Uh, and, and the only thing you can do is um, be, be, on, be on top of things, be, be on prepare well for interviews when you get the chance uh, to, to be in front of people and, and, and follow the same process as everybody else. But again, uh, it's, it must be really hard if you're in that situation. Yeah, and pres- presumably things like if you can get experience while you're still at uni and don't need sponsorship, that's going to help. At least you've got absolutely. That. Absolutely, yeah, absolutely, and I think, and I think sometimes, um, you know, and I often say this to individuals who don't are not successful with an assessment day, is that, you know, if you if your long term career aspiration is to become an actuary, um, you know, you could obviously apply for actuarial grad programs, as 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 mentioned, they're very competitive, but you could also open it up and say, actually, you know, these are the firms generally insurance and consulting firms that recruit actuaries. What other what other roles do they these firm offer or what roles are out there? Underwriters for us. Um well not for us, but underwriters kind of junior type roles that you can get into the organization, yeah. get yourself familiar with the working working life, um that that kind of stuff. And then internally try to get into the actuary space because we often get that as well from from pension yeah. administration yeah. Um, who want to move internally. So that's something that is is worth looking into. Uh, from a visa, from a visa, it's, it's really difficult as well because um, it it depends on the profession. So not all professions allow companies to sponsor an actuary because it's a niche profession. They do. So it's kind of identifying those type of of, of firms that are open to those applications and getting experiences what you say is, is, is important yeah and then the reason it's difficult my understanding is it's it takes time to even know if it's going to be accepted but also it, it can cost a lot of money i've heard up to ten thousand pounds to sponsor a visa yeah exactly exactly that and and uh, the government and kind of the process keeps changing and legislation keeps changing and they it's just for a company can be quite a lot of admin to organize it um but again i think Regardless of that, I think you know we 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 as I said we we do sponsor um, international students. We've done that for the last years that I've been involved. Yeah, and I think it's been really positive for us that we have been really active on that space because I think you 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 get some really good quality people coming through. So, um, you know, yeah. So I think it's keep going, keep that positive mindset. Um, you know, making most of all the opportunities that you get if that's invited to assessment day, telephone interviews, and just try to be as positive as possible fantastic uh nidhi says so if my understanding is correct so their, their situation is they have some non-actuarial experience in uh gi um so they're a claims handler uh, they've been a claims handler they've been an underwriter they've recently done a master's in actuarial science um so they've got seven exemptions from the ifoa and they are keen to move into actuarial but they're finding it difficult and the reasons for that are they're either being told you've got too much experience to come in as a graduate because you've been working for a few years in these other areas um or you've got no experience and therefore you can't you can't join us also the visa point but we've we've covered that already so um so yeah this is when people have some work experience in a related field but they've been doing it for two three years they're not necessarily seen as a graduate but they want to start as a graduate in actuarial have you had any experience with that at all i'd probably say some of the best people that we hired and this is before bw when i was doing a lot of grad stuff for for insurance have been maths teachers okay have been individuals who've taken a complete different career route and then moved into the actuarial space because often certainly when i speak to candidates the question i often get is you know what are the the skills and what's the most difficult part of for for a graduate starting a a job straight from uni and the technical stuff they'll 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 get that you know they'll learn that on the job and the lots of training the the, the what i think and what i've what we what we see and what we spend a lot of time on is the kind of the, the the employability in terms of you know how to handle yourself taking accountability responsibility you know we're not telling you to do this at 10 o'clock to 11 o'clock you know you have the freedom to kind of direct your own 
week and what mm-hmm. you're going to be doing. And that's the responsibility that we, we're getting. You get you might get clients who are assigned to you, and then you have to decide, when am I going to do this? Of course, there's lots of guidance there. But things as how to conduct yourself in a workplace is something that you really get through experience in the workplace. Yeah, I'm big on inbox management. Make sure your inbox is clean, tidy, that you know what's what's going where. And there's things that you will learn by doing it. So going back to your, your question is that if you think about someone who's been a teacher or someone who's been working um, in, in, in a university or something else, you know, they might have a lot of that already, that kind of workplace-based skills. It's just that the technical aspect that they might not have or not satisfy them enough. Mm-hmm. So it, sometimes a salary is a challenge because, you know, you'll, you'll start on the graduate salary as everybody else. So, you know, if you've been working for five years and you want to make a move into a graduate job, you might need to think about how that affects your pay. Yeah. That's off, That's more often than not the, the challenge than the individual coming from a different background. So, mm-hmm. you know, I, I, as I said, I, I think I've, I've recruited some of the best people we've recruited. Um, I've been involved in in the past have been people who've not come straight from uni and have been doing something else before that. Yeah, just to, to, for for my benefit, for, as a slight extension of that, what if somebody didn't pay any attention to applying for jobs? They've just come out of uni. I mean, we're recording this in in November, so they graduated in September. They had no idea they were supposed to start applying for roles a year ago, so they haven't yeah. got an actuarial role. Um, if they then apply for next year, does it look bad because? they've got a gap or do they need to then look at pensions admin and other routes in or, or, or do they have an equal chance with next equal chance plans? complete okay. equal chance i think you want to talk about kind of reasons why you've not taken a graduate program you want to make that clear in your application form or your telephone screen or your interview you know why that's happened could be gap years could be you know i want to take an, a year out just to kind of develop some other stuff you know speak with the individuals who wanted to go some 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 other skills that they want to do before they start working in the workplace. So I don't think at all that's that's an issue. I mean, you just need to make sure you can articulate it. And you know, if if someone hasn't worked for three years after graduating, has got nothing, you might get asked, you know, what's what's happened there, or you know, again, if you if you can articulate it, if you can get it on your CV, clarification what's been happening, mm-hmm. absolutely fine, not a problem at all. Uh, and again, sometimes it matures you as an individual to do something different before you actually start a professional workplace. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and and, 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 and let's, let's face it, how competitive it is, not everybody's going to find an actuary role out of uni. It's just impossible. And if it's still your, your dream, go and do something else for a year or two and then apply to, to a graduate program. But again, it's that kind of salary, where are you then? If that's so, that's the kind of the, the the things that you have to be mindful of if that's the case. Uh, but again, that's that's absolutely fine. Perfect. So Andrew was wondering about how to fit in actual internships into the schedule while studying at university, and then how valuable are those internships in terms of increasing employability? Do they help with studies? Are there other benefits and and so on? So our summer internship placement is in the holidays. So I mean that's between kind of your penultimate and your final year. So I don't think there's that kind of university clash. There might mm. be it, but I don't think that's 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 the clash. Hence why we kind of put it in that in that period. Um and on 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 the on the second bit of that question, you know, I, I think we, we love to give these opportunities to people and we love them to actually really enjoy working the work they're doing. But sometimes it's more valuable for individuals to do it and then realise this is definitely not what I want to do. And that's not just for actuarial, for any internship that you go and do. You know, we often have um, individuals, engineering individuals applying for graduate jobs because they think they want to get into engineering or accountancy grads who want to go into accounting. And they then realize actually it's not as technical as I wanted it to be. So let's see if if the actuarial route is something for me. So they might have done an, an internship at an accounting firm and then after that, realize it's not for me. So, you know, any internship, regardless of, of, of actuary internship, you know, is, 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 is good. Obviously, if you've done a pensions internship somewhere and you apply for a job with us, it helps because you're familiar with a lot, bit of the work, a bit of the, 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 the terminology. It helps. But again, it's, it's definitely not a prerequisite to, to get a, a, one of these graduate jobs. 
Yeah. And um, if people come in on the internship over the summer, they really impress, they really love it. Does it increase their chances of being offered a graduate role? Or is it 100%. completely separate? It does, 100%, yeah. 100%. Yeah. Uh, we had um, 17, we made, I think we made 17 offers this year. We had three turned down and the rest have been hired as graduates next year. Really? Again, it just shows that an internship gives you that kind of, um, yeah, way in. And yeah. so that's hence I'm thinking as well that universities are pushing this to students. Say, you know, you know, in the summer, don't sit down and, 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 and do nothing. You know, try to get yourself out there, get yourself applying for these jobs. Or when you come back after the summer, go and do it because, you know, it's really increasing your chances. Um, but again, it's not just, um, I think that's everywhere in all in all graduate graduate yeah, cool. roles. Some some firms might have the approach that you have to come back do another assessment day because you might have to apply again. But with us, um, and I think you know, lots of individuals in our business have been through the internship program and have stayed with us and qualified with us and have gone on to become a really successful consultant. So yeah, it's it's a really good route into the uh, the world of work. Fantastic. And I think there was one more from Riddy. So what skills or experience do recruiters seek in entry-level candidates beyond passing exams? How can I make my CV appealing when I don't have direct actuarial experience? And are there certain types of internships or extracurriculars you'd recommend? I feel like we've covered a lot of that actually already, but if there's anything else you'd add that we haven't seen. Yeah, so I get asked quite often, like, is there anything else that can prepare me for the world of for the world of work or prepare me for working at Barnet Waddingham mm. um, can I do any courses or and I was like I always answer like you know obviously if you if you do something excel wise or anything else coding wise brilliant but at the end of the day we will learn you you will get taught all these skills when you come and join us um, I suppose one of the, the the things which has been uh, which has been seeing more and more especially for the ones actually that um might take a year out is I believe you can sit one of the actuarial exams as a non-member so um, I always give that as advice as well like if you're serious about this and you want to go and do this um, and, and I don't know affordability for, I don't know what the cost of this is but it's worth sitting one of these exams yeah. because if it's on your CV that you've set an exam you know it's it really shows that you're serious about this and that you've actually had to, a, a kind of a feel for what it, what it's like so again, I think I think that's that's something that if you, if you can uh, is useful. But again, you know, I think I think lots of this is 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 a lot of it will be taught when you when you come and join and when you if that's an internship or if that's a graduate role, the induction and information that you're getting is 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 yeah very very comprehensive. So you shouldn't have to do anything additionally to uh, your studies to, to 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 be successful. Yeah, you've reminded me, we, we spoke a little bit before the call and we were talking about exemptions, like taking an exam to see what it's like. Great. I had a message from someone a couple of weeks ago who's about to sit their final exam after Christmas and they haven't got any experience. Uh, I'll correct that. I think they had 11 months of part time experience. So they had a bit of experience. But my view was you don't want to be fully qualified without building up some 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 more experience before you do that but what do you think in terms of when it comes to exemptions is there a is there a sweet spot of a number of exemptions that give someone advantage is there a point at which they might count against them yeah so it's sometimes really difficult but it's more the expectation from the individual that sets that, that makes that difficult than necessarily for an em- employer so if someone comes in and has covered 10 of the 11 exams you know, they are nearly obviously nearly qualified. Salary expectations sometimes are just sky high, so it's really difficult to fit that in. If that's the mm-hmm. case, um, I often get asked by undergrad students. You know, I've done a maths degree. I want to become an actuary. Do you recommend I go do a masters, or should I go and find a job? And my recommendation mm-hmm. is always to go and find a job because I think going through the exams whilst you're working is beneficial to you and it kind of paces you in terms of those exams and get used to that world of work but it also it'll take you, you know, anywhere between four and six years to qualify generally that you know you'll have that amount of experience on your belt as well whilst if you have um 
you know, nearly all your exemptions from your undergrad and your, 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 and then you might be qualified, exam qualified, but you didn't need all the experience. So some of this can be difficult. Some firms, you know, I know from, from past experiences, they just say, we don't take anybody with exemptions. That's, we don't want it. We just want people to go through the exams when they, when they, when they, when they work with us. Um, we've hired some excellent people with, eight or nine exemptions we have really excellent really good people who have qualified really quick it doesn't benefit for us as a firm it's more beneficial for the individual because you know the, the study don't have to study as much because they've done all that um yeah but you know if if my personal view that if you ask me you know do masters or um and, and get more exemptions or work i would definitely go uh, with work just to kind of the balance between work and the the, the, the exams um almost I'm, I'm asking this to to serve a purpose as a summary but i'm going to ask you pretend you are final years of a levels you're great at maths thinking about maybe you want to be an actuary what do you do to give yourself every possible chance of getting a great job with barnett waddingham going back to even choosing a university onwards yeah um, so, so if you if you know you want to become an actuary, you probably know that actuaries either work in insurance or in consulting, other fields as well. But those are the main areas that that they'll be working in. So, what you then want to go and do is get information LinkedIn. Obviously, LinkedIn has to be if if that's what you want to go and do, go on LinkedIn, follow these organisations, read up on kind of what the actuary profession is. Lots of these firms. Um, certainly, the, the the bigger ones they'll have insight days or have experience days if that's virtually. So you really want to kind of get involved. If you know this is what you want to go and do, and you want to prepare yourself well for later down the line when you actually have to go into assessment days and all that. You want to get your reading up. You want to get as much experience, exposure. Do you know anybody in your network, friends, family? someone who is an actuary that you can have a conversation with and record and, and record it all on your cv that you have actively been seeking advice or seeking information on the actuary profession i think doing all these kind of things will set you up really nicely and uh, really well set you well up for um, an application and then further down the line you know just want to make it very specific what kind of firm do you want to apply for do you want to spread it but make sure you you, you you tailor your applications to the right firms the right information and just practice 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 you know i always keep saying to everybody who attends don't expect if this is your first one to get it this takes time mastering assessment day takes time mastering an interview takes time you know you know you probably know from your um your experience in in in, in recruitment that very seen people can take multiple times to interview and 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 it's not always successful at the first go it just it just doesn't yeah. work like that so you need to kind of practice it and the same as assessment days practice 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 and you will get better um and if not open your open up you know make sure you don't just focus this i want to be next this is what i want to go and do but open up to different roles for firms to hire actuaries and then that's a really good route in to eventually getting on that actuarial um yeah grant program lots of places graduates will be applying to different different places um why for you i mean you said at the start you love working there but why why should anyone listening to this put barnett waddingham on their list of of, of places to apply to i i so I, I often ask you know why have, why did you decide to work for barnett waddingham and i always say like it's not about why i decided to go work for them it's why am i staying at Barnet Waddingham because mm. you know being here four years um getting lots of exposure into lots of interesting conversations and I think what I particularly enjoy about the work that we do here is that uh, my opinion counts and is valued and I can come up with some radical ideas but if I can actually um, explain it if I can um you know make sure build a case for it like if that's a different charity partner, or if it's something else, or an event that we want to run, to to do things, there is there is always an ear listening to that. People want to hear that. They want to get ideas, and not just from me, but I think everybody in the business, they want to hear about improvements. Why are we doing it like this? Why are we doing that? And I think that's what makes it for me personally a great firm because you have the opportunity to to really make a change. And yeah. you know we all know about kind of the pensions world and where that's going, where that's moving towards. 
but actually you know now is the time to kind of think about about that and you know what else is there what else can we do as a firm and those kind of conversations are fantastic and I, I I generally enjoy what I'm doing passionate about early careers passionate about helping helping students you know one of the best feelings I get is individuals who we who came to our assessment day who we rejected for whatever reason and then I remember a few few of them emailing me kind of three months later and saying you know thank you so much you know your advice your assessment day was so insightful I was gutted I didn't get it but I really want to let you know I've found this job and now starting as an actuary graduate here and you know I think those are the things that really do it for me as well um yeah so not success but also the 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 success for us as business but for individuals who then go on and do other stuff i think that's that's really 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 important but yeah so i i i yeah i i really really enjoy my my time here and I, and I, and i think there's there's lots that we do is really good and i think looking forward to all the technology and the ai stuff is only going to be more exciting going forward yeah. Well, my, my next next question is usually, um, how do you see the future of pensions evolving or insurance if they're if they're an insurance actually? But for you, how how do you see early careers recruitment changing? Is it tech? Is that going to be a big thing? Is it are the number of vacancies going to change much year on year? What what, I, what do you think? I think it's already getting way more um, competitive as it's ever been. As in competition, more people trying to snap up. The, yeah, the yeah, to, yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly, exactly. I think, I think uh, de- definitely that's that's it. Certainly on the grads side, hence why we're seeing so many more summit internship applications coming through because they're getting driven. But even there, we see lots of competition in in the kind of professional services, but also asset managers doing a lot more on internships. Um, competition there, so I think the competition between programs is just getting bigger and bigger it's fierce competition so we really need to make sure that we stand out in everything in the candidate experience what we ask the candidates to do assessment day the whole process afterwards um i think that's that's only going to get more um important um and then kind of you know i think everything with with ai and chat gpt i think everything is gonna a lot of it's going to change and certainly in the world of early careers it's a massive, massive talking point about processes because, you know, we, we just need to change things up. But what what do we do? Like, there's so many questions still, like, what does that look like? But I think that's also the exciting part. Um, and then as a business, you know, where, where are we going in the next 10, 15 years? Um, Actuary-related data analysts, do we need to kind of look at different type of skills? Where where do they get that from? So, like, it's... Is I think we're we're a very exciting time, uh, and, and certainly an exciting time to to to, to work uh, in in actuarial uh, in the actuarial field because I think there's just so much going on and to be part of. Fantastic. My my last question is always, what are you looking forward to in the next twelve months? And that can be work, personal, one of each. Um. Well, short term. Um. As I said, we're starting assessment days kind of next week, so that's really exciting. I'm always really looking forward to that. Um. I've got some some kind of big holidays plans next next year. So my family are, are in the Netherlands, so spending a lot of time there next year. So that's with the family and you know, taking the little ones. I've got two kids back back home is always really exciting. So and and my youngest is going to school in September next year, which feels mm-hmm. absolutely insane that that's already yeah. coming up. So yeah, I think the next twelve months is 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 really exciting. Um, I think there's 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 work by so much going on. Um, this is my time of, I, I really enjoy up to Christmas, back to back, busy traveling all up and down the country. But the the the, the vibes and the bit the, the the vibes from the people in the in the offices and the preparation and the candidates is fantastic. So when January comes, I can look ahead for um, our twenty twenty five process. Brilliant. Well, well, thank you so much. I think. Uh... If if I've missed off any questions I should have asked, I'll I'll ask you them privately and uh, and try and help anyone help anyone out. Um, at this point, I, I I usually say, are you happy for people to get in touch? I might sort of caveat that with you've explained that um, application window has closed for for next year. When's the next time that you'd like people to get in touch if they're thinking about applying? Well, I think I think you can get in touch. It might take a bit time longer for me to get back to you, um, especially in this this time of year. But um, yeah, certainly, certainly get in touch. Um, if you're looking for the um, Inside Webinar recordings, 
drop me a line because I think I can definitely get those across to you. Um, you know, we're hoping to fill our positions, 2024 positions this year round. Often that doesn't happen because different reasons. So often we open up again for like the final wrap up sessions uh, early next year. So it's always useful to, um, you know, if, if we are an, an employer of choice um, that you, you would want to work for in the future, you might have missed the boat this time, but connect to me on LinkedIn, uh, connect with BW on, on, on LinkedIn and just follow follow um, what we're doing because there's there's so much going on. And I, and I think that's everybody who wants wants to, wants to work in the actuarial space, LinkedIn, all these consultancies who are all doing the same thing, same time of year. It's all it's happening all now. So now is the time to, to connect and to apply. Thank you so much. I wanted to put something out there to help people who you know I I don't have much knowledge of of this process when I'm when I'm recruiting. It's people that have got a few years of experience. So I there's limits to what I could say but now I can point them in the direction of of this and there's so many bits there that will will help everybody out and um uh you also told me before the call that you've 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 interviewed your first couple of graduates who mentioned the podcast so I know they're, they're, they're listening to it yeah, which yeah, is fantastic yeah. to hear so um, <laughs> uh yeah if you listen to this uh and you know who you are thank you thanks to everyone who asked questions throughout and uh Eric we will speak soon I'm sure thank you very much fantastic James thank you Thanks for listening to this episode of Actuarial People. Please don't forget to subscribe and consider leaving a review. If you have any questions or feedback or any suggestions for future guests, please contact me on info at actuarialpeople.com. This podcast is sponsored by my recruitment company, Turner Perkins, and you can contact me there at james.turner at turnerperkins.com. Hope to see you again.